So it means you an old agenda. And so that here's the top capitalists working for the same agenda as the top communists, using communism and capitalism to get what they, where they want to, to go, you know. They're all terms, remember, words, eh? It's terms. Words can get you lost if you can't see what you're really looking at because you get confused. Well, it can't be that because they've got a different name for it. No, you can use as many names as you want to camouflage something. It's what you actually see it as being that matters. Hmm? There's really something. But folk, as I say, have no idea what they're really living through. And what you're living through is, is an eternal battle, really. Very old battle. And between good and evil. And yes, you can always break it down to an earthly system. Okay, it's basically secularize it and, and use secular humanism. Just say it's bad people who are power hungry and, and crave power. They're psychopathic and they don't have, they're not there for the common good. Where is, where is the, the, the humanists? You know, as, remember, humanism is a religion. <laughs> Who know better? They, they know better how to rule the world and to give you bioethics, awfully important field that bioethics. They can tell you what's moral and what's not moral, you see, using the, the sheer genius of their brain power. Because yeah? somehow they're untouchable. They're, they, the common things that might, might make you get tempted, no, it doesn't bother them at all. They've got it all, you see. <laughs> We live in amazing times. Watching all this stuff is, is kind of comical. But the folk never catch on. But you, as I say, you're going through evil times. You can feel it as tangible. There's never been such a time of mass lying across the board to the general public, all aimed at the public, with the admission they're using universities and behavioral insights teams and the SAGE groups and the other groups working on contract to the SAGE to brainwash the public to go along with everything that's been mandated. Huh? It isn't just to do with vaccinations. It's a whole new way of living, the global reset. Huh? Huh? This is this is the great transition. In the last century, they called it the coming century of change or transition, the great transition. Here it is where the elite will have you all running like clockwork, they think, at the end of the chaos. They create the chaos first, then uh, they fix it all. They'll bring down the population, and and they'll run everything to suit themselves bit by bit by bit. And uh, everyone's monitored from cradle to grave. You can't get away from them, and they won't allow you. Most folk allow it to happen, all these rules to get passed and laws to get passed, and they comply with it, which doesn't help the next generation, you see. Planned a long time ago. Planned before I was born. Planned before you were born. And even my granddad, in fact, was born. How to use the general public and, and every nation. How to create divisions in society and use them against each other for your own use. How to get segments of society. Let's take a, let's take a, the, the, the real idealistic viewpoint of, of history here. Let's look at a real fictional version of a Hamlet in, in somewhere in England in, say, the, the, the 1600s. In a, a little, very short, peaceful time, right? And here they all they are, and there isn't a lot of smoky Hamlet, because he could smoke back then and for to eat themselves and to cook uh, without getting fined and all that. Again, but this is the idealized version. And here they're happy, and and they've got their culture, and they know where they came from, and, and they're quite content and all that, eh? 
how you destroy that? If you just come up as, as an outsider, they're going to turn on you. Collectively, it's a natural thing you do, and you won't get what you want. Now, you must create divisions in this peaceful little hamlet, you see. And then you're going to say, you know, to, to one of the farmers, yeah, how many pigs have you got there? I've got four or five. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And uh, then you go to someone down the road there who's really struggling, and he's had a fire recently, and his place burned down, he's rebuilding it, and, and he's, 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 he can't do all the work at the same time, and he can't afford to hire anybody. How many pigs have you got? I've only got two, or I lost some in the fire. Why is that guy up the road there got more than you, but then you stir, you stir the pot, you stir it, just get it going. Or, you see folk, you know, who are, who are intensive units, intensive units of solidarity, like a real family. But never heard of women's lib, eh? Never heard of it. Hadn't it been invented yet. And any communist doctrine hadn't heard of that either, you know. And you'd get in there and say, you know, why are you carrying those buckets, that, you know, those heavy buckets? Why isn't your husband? Well, your husband, you see, was down in the, in, in the field there, up to, up to his knees in mud, cleaning, or he's in the cleaner. But that didn't matter. The, the, the point is to exaggerate differences. Exaggerate them. Stir it up. Then you get a fact, then, then you get a collective, a bunch of them women together. And then you start making demands. We aren't going to do this unless, 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 before you know it, the whole thing's in a mess. And in comes the overlord to rectify. You need a government. We're here to help you. This is how it's done over and over and over again. Do you realize how many agencies have just appeared out of nowhere? You, you think they're coming out of nowhere to deal with the chaos in society? on all social levels, often from the very heads that are causing the problems, and they profit off the, 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 the chaos they cause. Eh, amazing, eh? From law. Oh, you need lots of new laws now, and new lawyers, eh? Uh, the devil's advocate. Eh? We're not, how do you think we're taking over this world, they said? Huh? And the devil's advocate, just by pure forces, Armies, he says, armies of lawyers. We turn out thousands every year, lawyers. Then end up in politics too, eh? Same characters. And before you know it, you can't just do this or that without getting a contract to draft it up and, and paying legal fees for every darn thing that you do. Huh? Or destroy the family unit. What do you, there are countless agencies privately owned that deal not just with marriage counselling, which is generally how to break up quietly, <laughs> but what to do with the children. So let's have all kinds of agencies to deal with the children, right? And foster homes and this and that and the other, and psychologists get involved and psychiatrists and every bit of chaos you cause a disruption as you destroy society and the fabric that holds it together and the psyche that holds it, they profit off it. Amazing, isn't it? Interesting. It's also interesting. It's interesting that you're into an area that most folk don't want to look at. It scares them. You see, in an age where you haven't seen mass slaughter, like open slaughter, 
pits being dug and people being buried after being shot and killed or whatever by all kinds of methods. They are wide open for it to happen in different ways. Disease. Hmm? It doesn't look so bad. Well, it's disease, you know. Hmm? In an age where one of the top fields that you have for war is bio-warfare. It was always said to be the weapon of choice for the future, bio-warfare. And the beauty of it is you can't really, you, you can suspect all you want, you can add little bits all you want, but you, you always need an admission, hmm? like some crime drama, and you're not going to get it. It was the same with weather warfare. Lots of data from the military declassified on weather warfare. It's not a, a la-la-land thing. It's not some conspiracy thing. They admit it from the Department of Defense declassified articles that have done it. They did lots of it in Vietnam to create uh, massive flooding, for instance, in the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Weather warfare. Mud. And weather warfare, they said, too. The, the advantages of it, again, it's... it's Silent weapons for quiet wars, isn't it? Is it you, you can know all your, you, see, you know, we're getting these strange signals and the weather's changing or, you know, things like that. The harp technologies, all countries have it now, you know. They had it back in the 70s. In Russia, or Riga, you know, where you could blot out a lot of the airwaves in the West. Montreal was the first one to pick it up. Didn't and, um, it was a woodpecker effect, they called it. This, and it was a high-intensity, powerful signal again put up into the ionosphere. And that's how the harp technology works. Bounces off it, can intensify it too. You can actually aim it to bounce off and reflect down elsewhere on your target and block out all transmissions and on the AM frequencies, you saw. Old technologies. Now you can superheat the atmosphere, they found out with the Alaskan one. Testing that superheated standing waves. And you had these big explosions in the sky, clear skies, just boom! <laughs> just superheating different parts of the atmosphere. And then lightning strikes and collect clear skies too in BC, it was interesting that. And you can aim that too across using the ionosphere as like a mirror to reflect it. Old stuff, declassified stuff now. But again, even though you know it's been used, you can pretty well suspect it. You, 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 again, it comes down to, the, well, we know it, but we just need that last bit of admission. Well, you're not going to get admission. That's the whole point of silent weapons. Eh? Or introducing uh, the bugs that eat crops. Old, again, massive, masses and masses of information declassified on chemical and bi- bacterial warfare. And, uh, and then agriculture is part of it. How do you disable an enemy? Destroy their, their sustenance, their, their meat industry, milk industry, cheese industry, butter industry, by attacking the animals, attack the crops, all kinds of rusts are common, things like that. Ah, you can go on and on with the horrors of, of what humans will do on behalf of the masters that run the planet, but should tell you what the masters are like. Masters are very cold. I remember too Malachi Martin, who was um, an enigma to some people, but he certainly sold the Catholic Church out. That is true. 
has, has been has come out since, you know. He helped with the Vatican too to destroy some of the principles that kept them together intact for a long time. And so he was like a double agent. Uh, he was also on an awfully good um, documentary years ago with William Buckley Jr. Interestingly, William Buckley Jr. was in CIA. Malachi Martin on the Art Bell show uh, years later talked about the fact that the, a lot of the Jesuits and so on in the Catholic Church during the Cold War worked, worked with the CIA because <laughs> they were all over the world and they'd get into countries and, and come back with information. Eh? But Malachi Martin did say that uh, on, on one of his interviews. Uh, you'll never know where his head really was at with Malachi Martin, unfortunately, but he did uh, bring a, a, isn't that odd, a guy who, who worked and, and sold out the church at one point, really like big time traitor. <laughs> a real double agent indeed. For, for pay too, he was paid to do it. Brought back in a humanistic world. In a, a world where humanism was, was Demanding that folk give up superstition, as the communists called it, to silly superstitions, and try to get rid of it all. And, and, and it's all taught through all colleges and universities. They all science will replace all these things eventually, and we'll live in a very, again, a humanistic society where experts and human brains will be really useful. God help us then, eh? Especially if you wonder if they're really so human, eh? But Mark and Martin did bring them into the church where it was intentionally or inadvertently uh, uh, the spark of something that was sorely lacking as you as folk become more and more worldly and secular, including the church, naturally. Because the church itself, all churches are, are, are basically staffed with people who come out of the general population. They've been through the same changes, the same indoctrinations into the secular world, where science is supposed to supplant uh, all, all problems and solve them all and become the, the guiding light, you see. That's a lot of power to give to mere mortals, the scientists. But Malachi Martin, as I say, inadvertently or whatever, did bring back a spark of something which was sorely lacking for a long time. And, and again, it, it's, a, it's a very powerful thing. The, the, the elite actually fear. Well, it's always intrigued me that. But he brought back the, the idea of the supernatural and the preternatural. And preternatural is, is are powers that are above ordinary powers, which evil has in, in the Catholic viewpoint or the Christian viewpoint or even the ancient world viewpoint. So it came from the ancient world, remember. Even prejudice, a lot of it. And he brought out Hostage to the Devil, excellently written book, describing uh, people, you can take it from two ways, either they've got severe mental problems or they've got this, <laughs> they've got this other forces at work here, entities, something in, in a secular society folk don't want to contemplate. It's astonishing how they'll accept through dramas and movies, fictional movies, mass slaughters, it's horrible, some incredibly horrible. 
But when it comes to what's behind these mass horrors, is it just human nature? Are we so defective a species? Or is there something else at play? So Malachi Martin brought back this idea of the supernatural. Supernatural is something that comes from the creator, you see. Supernatural is supposed to be preternatural. Anything created by the creator therefore has like rebellious demons or angels. Are, have, have these abilities, but they're not so much super that they're definitely above what any humans can do, but they're, they're preternatural. And that was the difference. And he brought back into the church the idea, something that they were forgetting. And you're living in a world of forces. We can accept the fact that there are forces at work when it comes to oh, well, secular forces or it's, you don't know who the people are generally or whatever, but you know they're yeah. But the fact is, no, what is in them? And one of his talks, he did touch on someone he'd worked with for a long time, for quite a few years in fact, till one day he saw him in a particular angle in a library they were working, and he realized he was looking at something with a, with a, with a, who was perfectly possessed. Something, a very interesting concept. Doesn't matter what you think of it or believe in it, but just, just take it from, from what he said. He said that he, he confronted the guy about it. And the guy realized that he, before he said anything, uh, that um, Martin had noticed it. Because these things, remember, have, have abilities, they have these psychic abilities. And uh, there was no big argument or, or, or a row erupted over it or anything, but... Uh, it was acknowledged that the guy, yeah, he'd had it for years and years and years. And he was perfectly content with this thing abiding within him. And you see, this kind of thing rings a bell. It, it could be like, like Jung said, who knows? You know, everybody's got their points of view. But there's such a thing as archaic symbology, archetype, archetypal symbology. Something that rings true in all of us when we see certain things or experience certain things that, that shouldn't. When you get a chill running up your spine when a certain thing is mentioned or a certain place is reached and you know something's happened or you didn't know beforehand but you might you do know. These kind of, you've all had these odd odd happenings. And and suddenly as I say inadvertently perhaps, who knows? It brought back into the church something they've forgotten about. And he did say something true, regardless of the fact that he'd sold out. <laughs> he said, he said the church, like, again, like all institutions, right, become corrupt. They all do. Become lazy. It's not new. It's been done before. All, in all churches, in all religions, right? where you get a class that devolves out of it, living on the rest, that becomes fat and lazy and, and expect it to be the normal, that, that this is the way, you see. They forget what they're there for. Francis of Assisi had the same problem. He came back after years been away, after setting up a lot of the monasteries, uh, and, um, and to see his own monks basically fat and they're getting big endowments from generally widowed women and leaving all the money to them and they were fat and lazy and he, he was, he was disgusted. He walked off again. He was so disgusted. What happened to them? So there's nothing new in it. It happens through all institutions. Even even if you could get, well, they, they do it with communism, eh? It's supposed to they clean out the system, then they put their own people in who are fanatics. Within that generation, they're all corrupt, just like the previous ones. 
doesn't matter who, what you want to call them, that's what happens. So anyway, um, this is important, a important thing, and very important thing you touch on, because getting back to chronology, where you must participate in your own deception, huh? because you think you're going to get something out of it, then what's happening in your lives and to the world in general is the biggest deception you've ever lived through right now. You've been living through, I've watched my own lifetime, a good part of it being pushed way faster because that's how it works. As they knock down more and more pillars that hold up the roof of stability, you see? It weakens all the other pillars. And the, the fewer pillars there are, the faster they can move then, you see? And that's what they've been doing since well, the last 50 years or so. And you really see it happening. And you see the fruits of it. And the fruits, again, it's almost like demonology, where uh, things will wither very quickly, including the fruit itself. But what's awfully important is the one thing that, that churches had forgotten especially Protestant churches, because Protestant churches were completely hand-in-hand in, hand in hand with science, primarily logic again. And, mad. and so they were easily converted right off the bat, you see, into the idea of, oh, no, it's just in praying all the rest. But no, I don't believe in it too deeply. Huh? And there's no central command in Protestantism. Hundreds of sects, hundreds and hundreds of there's still new sects dividing yet from from previous divisions, and that's another thing when there's no central command, you see. But they they gave up, they they, they embraced the science so quickly, and that's why they were the first ones to fall away from churches. And of course, then you have Freemasonry through to a humanistic religion to an extent. Higher orders is a bit different. It's, it's more, more than just the humanistic part. But this is the important thing of all. Communism, which is a front. It's a front, communism, for those who want to take to rule the world. Of course it is. Just like today, the World Economic Forum is a front for the same group that wants to rule the whole world. Just like the whole idea for COVID and complete lockdown restructuring society, destroying all economies and rebuilding is a front. It's all the same system running it all. But from the days of communism, you, you had the communists themselves laying out what they had to destroy. But the, the top was religion. Because people, they won't stand and fight for basically a secular idea. You can't get them all to fight, you see. But you can get more of them, and almost all of them, they fight for religion or a belief. Especially a God-given belief. Huh? With God-given rights. Well, who's going to oppose God-given rights? Well, look who's doing it today. The World Health Organization, from the start, they got to end this, this exemption for religious purposes, huh? They've been at that for years and years. Really? It's an awful nuisance, this God-given thing. You've got rights by your creator. Huh? You're born with them. And these characters are there to persuade you to give them all up to them. <laughs> Mao Zedong. You read Mao Zedong in China, eh? Said the same thing. He wasn't scared 
He wasn't scared at all. He says, power, all power comes from the barrel of a gun, he says. But he, he says, his, what did frighten him the most was a big idea. What he was referring to was religion. When the communists took over the Soviet system, these went to slaughter. They got the most worst beasts imaginable in human form to do the slaughtering. That continued throughout this whole Soviet Union's period, by the way, and all the Soviet bloc countries. Horrible things were done. And yet they wipe out religion especially. They went to town to try to eradicate it. You saw it in the Spanish Revolution too, the so-called Civil War. There's really communists behind that too. And what they did to the nuns. <laughs> or Trotsky's train, you know, when he was head of the Red Army. And the reign of terror in Russia. And he had, he had, he had actually priests dangling on ropes at the back of the train, eh? As he went past all the different villages and stuff. Never changes. Never changes. And yet, those once, once they're in power, they can kill millions for, under different guises, eh? Even for necessity. Well, we can't feed you all. Now. <laughs> then they'll encourage you. To, and and they'll, they'll, again, they'll get people from academia to come out and explain to you why it's necessary that you, you, you just starve to death or you don't live too long because there's not enough medications to go around, you know. You only cost the state money, just like you do in Canada now and other countries, step by step by step. Eh? But at one time, folk would be horrified. I'm not to be real deeply <laughs> fundamentally religious people. It was a natural thing that people felt. Yet God given rights, and life was precious. Not the Julian Huxley type, where we'd have to knock man off his pedestal and train him and teach him that he's just another animal in order to change and rule over him. <laughs> that's what, that's what he said, eh? But what they're afraid of is, is the other one, the other thing. Because who, uh, what scientists can actually take on God, eh? And it doesn't matter why he prattles off about his degrees and this and the other. It makes no difference. Huh? It's like the U.S. Constitution, yeah, it was put together by Freemasons. And, again, not all of them were absolutely exactly like peas in a pod. But they were sworn allegiance to the same kind of things. And, and they said, you know, that, that this was a chance for folk to rule themselves. Like an experiment. It was called the, the, the Great Experiment at the time. The Soviet system was called the Second Great Experiment. If, so the first one was American. Even though there wasn't given much of a chance, to be honest with you, because the corruption was there from the beginning, from the big, big, big landowners. And Washington came out of it, owning what another, was it 200 miles of land? I think it was that he did at the start. So it was very profitable too, when you get away from the foundation myths of countries. But it is interesting to note that um, they talked about self-evident, that which is that's what was self-evident. The people had rights, and it was self-evident. What they only meant was it was given by God. They hate to use the term, being masons, most of them. You know, not all of them, but most of them. 
and uh, but it was self-evident. Well, that that which is self-evident that the rights you have are getting have been decimated since then by those that, that rule, and it's a joke, a, a sick joke, to try to pretend that the U.S. is still the same U.S. of A. It's not. When someone uh, has a state coming after them uh, and goes through their entire savings, and, they, and they, if they had, if they could live another five hundred years, they still couldn't take the state on. If you can't afford, um, what kind of justice is it? Is it where, where it, it costs thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to properly fight some charge? That's 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 railroaded. That's not justice. That's power. That's corrupted power. Of course it is. And then the state takes away right, one right after another. Again, using all of its agencies. Well, now we've got this other agency, this health agency now. You know, it's privately owned, but it's a health agency. And, and they only, they only do, you better do what they tell you, you see. And these religious exemptions just won't stand up. No way. We can't have that. That's an abuse, you see. It's always the same thing, isn't it? It's a, you, they could never go so far as they've done without chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at religion, step by step by step. Most folk, the best Christians I've ever met, um, are quiet Christians. They'll stand up for themselves, but they're, they're not the ones that the TV type, you know, the ground there, uh, with the prosperity doctrine, you know, to make money. And God wants you to have gold now, you know, not not in heaven, like one of them said when the preachers did say a while back. But no, most folk are quiet, but they have their beliefs, and there's enough of them. They can be a problem to people who want to take all the rights away from them. Under whatever excuses go, the common good, you know, and the greater good. So communism always hammered at it. It was the first target of the French Revolution and the Bolshevik Revolution. Going on to the long-term Russian Revolution, the Soviet era. And here is all again, eh? Same thing. Do you look at the characters you see on television or on the news spouting what they're spouting today? Do you want to have them as your supreme leaders and the supreme being over you? Do you really, don't you feel a bit of trepidation when you look at them and listen to them? Today, especially? <laughs> you better hear the warnings and motivate yourselves because everyone here is involved. Everybody's involved right now and you're all going to get the ultimatum given to you individually. You know that. You know, I look at different authors and the lives of some of these authors, like, like Aldous Huxley, a man who obviously was up there in the planning. He, 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 he was in with, because of his family connections and on the big agenda. Uh, that's why he came out with Brave New World that science would dominate and control and that's all there would be no mention of a supreme being or anything above that sort of thing some deity some god and brave new world it was just purely secular 
and science running everything, right down to the breeding of people. Then on human births, even, even air pregnancies, really, you always grown in a test tube to an extent, and, and sperm and ovum came out of, of uh, the same selected batches over and over. It had been, they'd been altered to perfection, supposedly. So you had the division of labor, the communistic division of labor, for those who don't know about that. That's what the, the alpha, the betas, etc., uh, were designed to do. And the alphas at the top were the natural leaders. They were designed to be the leaders. And there's alpha plus as well. But all the way down the way, right down, they had, everybody was, the division of labor was done right down to menial tasks for certain types. And, and therapies and drugs, naturally, to keep people in line. Uh, in their, if the ones at the bottom with their monotonous tasks and repetitive tasks, etc. An advanced civilization that they created. But there's no mention anywhere of any particular deity. Religion had been abolished pretty well. The closest thing to it was in the, the books from the savages, some of the savages outside their, their huge, supposed magnificent utopias. Uh, the cities uh, outside it was the savages, remnants of the old ones who were born naturally and things like that, very primitive people, they said. And the, one of them, the main character in, in the, the book, The Savage, that they brought into the city to show him off, had read Shakespeare and other books too. He was talking about beauty and love and and the, the people couldn't imagine that. He was mixing with their, the, the beaters and so on. Uh, they, they were too happy doing their own thing, free sex, different partner every night. In fact, it was illegal, I think, to have the same partner twice a week. Uh, very important, you see, no bond. You can't, if you bond to anybody, you could be a problem for, now there's two of you against the state, perhaps. It's much easier when it's just you <laughs> and the state's against you. So a family is taboo. But they bring him in and they kind of laugh at him and see, I think it's kind of quaint with these old fashioned ideas of, of bonding and bringing up children yourselves and, and all that. But they couldn't relate to him at all. But really, when you think about it, what it was showing you is that artificial humans have been altered, literally altered, genetically altered, to be created, to be what they are by humans. Weren't really different. They weren't the same human as the savage at all. He was natural, and they were not. They were unnatural. What really changes? You're back into the same area, whether you like it or not, of not just philosophy, but religions going back for thousands and thousands, maybe even millions, who knows, of years, eh? of the questions that are asked about life in itself. And it always comes down to the same thing. That which is different from you. Different. Humanly different, eh? And that takes me back again in a circle to the idea of all those that work in the realm of chronology. Back to chronology again. You must participate in your own deception. The armies of people paid big money from your tax money. To lie to you and convince you and deceive you and manipulate you and nudge you into doing that which perhaps is not your interest to do, your best interest to do. On behalf of your government that dishes out the cash to these agencies with instructions. 
Are you content being lied to? This is not conspiracy stuff. I've given the, the articles out for years, and even the recent ones, within the SAGE units, the nudge units, etc. And, and the Yale one right now, it's ongoing right now with all these different levels of how to convince the public to do what they're told using psychology. Right down to scolding and getting other people to point fingers at you. They're not quite there. And, and do, do, do you use all shaming techniques, all these terrible things, eh? To make you obey and comply. And yet you're supposed to be an individual. Being here. You're either free or you're not free. I hope you understand the difference. I don't want you to define what freedom means or, or chained. Not free. If you have, if you're truly free and have the rights of a free person, what's the first lie they tell you to take those rights from? Well, you see, you could be endangering others because you're not complying. No, that's called tyranny, folks. It's been used before. It always ends up in a horror show. We know this from history. And, and getting back to what we're talking about, to the, to the same guy, this, this goes round. See, my mind works in, goes in circles. Because Malachi Martin talked about these characters. Again, like from the one he talked about in the library that he'd known for years. Without, maybe the back of his mind he suspected something as almost a, a subconscious or not even, co- something on the fringe. It's not into the consciousness yet, but you, you, there's something there. And then it, it hits you one day. But look at all these folk. They run the world. The ones who sit up there and, and, and um, lord over the general public with this air of superiority. All the top CEOs as they mandate the world they're bringing in on behalf of their masters. Because they do have masters, these multimillionaire characters. They have masters, all right. You better believe it. And what are these masters? Where's the leading to, eh? You don't have to, you know, it's, it's, it's always been there. What, what I'm saying now has been said for thousands of years. But he talked about the perfectly possessed. Now, I'm sure psychiatrists can go off and pontificate for, for weeks about the same thing. If they want to, fine, let them, let them do it. I don't care. <laughs> but I've, I've experienced people like that who definitely have something in them. I have no problems with that at all, of understanding it and seeing it. And it's very real. And you have to say, are they simply just psychopaths? I remember, and I've told our folk this over the years, if you draft up a list of signs and symptoms of the psychopath, of the nature and traits of the psychopath, and you list down the signs and symptoms of the possessed. It's pretty well the same. In psychiatry, they've got this big puzzle. Oh, psychos, uh, psychopaths are puzzles. Really? Are they really such... Because, again, in religion, you don't say they're a puzzle. They're quite understandable. There's something in them. They don't react to horror the same way as we do. That's why they can commit such horror. And sleep at night, because they have no conscience. Where's the other 
unless you've been taught about something that hates humankind so much. It's the same thing, the same way. Well, guess where, eh? I'm just bringing all these things up because you've got to ponder them. You really have to ponder them. Because you're living in such deception today, really evil deception, where when you uncover it, and it's, and it's eventually admitted, yes, we are paying all these psychopaths to brainwash you and lie to you and deceive you to get what we want for the greater good. <laughs> and and literally handing them out from the, from the, the groups working for SAGE in Britain, huh? using taxpayers' money, to, to the groups that they put out the, 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 the instructions to all media on how to step up anxiety to, to frighten the people into compliance by exaggerating stories and so on. Whoa! This is admitted, this is published admissions here. What can our characters go home after terrifying the public and sleep well? Well, you can see psychopaths if you want. But eventually, you only see a lot of compliance towards these psychopaths by folk that you might know and the local cops and everybody else to start to enforce all these horrible mandates on the public. And you will, individually, you're going to come down to the choice. You always knew it was coming. And it's a good thing to, to contemplate before it all happens, isn't it? In the meantime, as I say, step by step, hopefully you've done what I've mentioned, try and get a few people to at least help each other out. Swear to help each other out. Do it. Because you all need help. What's coming down the pike here? For basic necessity, just getting along. Because as I say, the food supply is a big target of those at the top. They want to destroy to an extent. They starve you into compliance. I really mean this. You're in, this is war. This is, these are all warfare strategies as we're going through. It's nothing to do with COVID. The COVID's a separate thing. It's an excuse. It's a milder thing than I've said. It's hitting certain factions of society harder. We know this. And you can guess as much as you want if it's all accidental or was purposely released. It's up to you. So what you want to think or believe. But put it this way, I, I see them all in it together. China and the West all working together. And for goodness sake, we know that the virus was in North Carolina and then through Fauci and the rest of them. Uh, they made sure it got to Wuhan, even France Wuhan to continue the, the gain of function tests on it and so on experiments. I mean, there's no, there's nothing I really have to really guess at here. It's been published already by them. But evil has to be stood up against. And personally, no matter what you think, humanistically or secular-wise or anything, you should be really at least indignant at having your money paying these evil characters. They're finding ways to shame you and force you into complying with things that you shouldn't perhaps comply with. Some indignancy would certainly help. I've given so many talks about the system 
and they're total warfare, as I've said, as we go on my whole life long, and my parents too, grandparents, you either had wars going on, in between the wars you had great depressions, that lasted from the, from the, after World War One, right up into, into World War Two and beyond World War Two in Britain. And then after World War Two, the folk were still in rationing up until the 1950s. And after that, they, a lot could even afford to meet then, you know. Sacrifice, sacrifice for the greater good, you see. And, and then when, when the folks started to get a little bit, you know, the, the, uh, of money for the first time, a little bit, it took them years to get to even the 1980s before they started to actually see some money getting saved a little bit and so on. And, and then Margaret Thatcher privatized, which she shouldn't have done, the council housing systems because it was technically owned by the municipalities, the people. And it guaranteed housing for all. All paid for by your grandparents and great-grandparents, you know, already. So how could you even sell them off? But they did. And then when they start to think they're getting ahead and so on, they're involved in all these foreign wars in the Middle East, masses of migration into Britain before that too, and then during it and afterwards, across the whole of Europe because of the, 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 the blowback was, that was all predicted before they started the wars. It was part of the strategy. And then they give you a financial crash in 2007 and 8. And, uh, Guess what? You're into austerity. And here's the next part of it and the big changes too and the complete reworking and rebuilding of a world society based on socialism because they've done, they're done now with the so-called the pretense of free enterprise and democracy has served its purpose. There's never a generation been given peace. Really. Think about that. They really haven't been given any peace. Wars, depressions, bank crashes, rip-offs, plundering of the economies. One thing after the other, eh? And yet folk want to preserve a system, because their brainwashers think it was all real and it was there for them. They want to try to preserve that system for themselves. So whatever you do, yeah, you can't go back to the same, the same crooks running you. Can't do it with the pretense, you know, that we're, they're there for you. <laughs> if I should have had really have had, had enough of all that nonsense, and you certainly don't want uh, the communistic replacement for efficiency's sake that the, the masters now want, hmm? the authoritarian society. I know that when I look and listen to some of these radical front people who are put out there, they're all fronts, all of them. And you hear them completely altering reality as you live through the reality by what you're seeing and what you're noticing as, as news. And they're preaching radical communism with, with all of that which it entails, which is mass slaughter down the road, maybe even sooner than you think. You gotta say, what is in these people? And even if you say, well, okay, they're front people for much bigger organizations, which they certainly are. Because I know for a fact they would change their tune if they're told to, to give the opposite points of view and they'd still get up the ladder to power. They, they would do it overnight, immediately. They're, they are what we call psychopaths, certainly. 
But is that all that's in them? And then you, you have to say, why would you accept a system where such psychopaths are picked and chosen and trained and employed and used by the elite to rule over you, to change you? Why are you doing it? Why are you accepting this? You're hearing them say it's blatant lies every darn day, which can have no resolution in any practical sense to bring peace on, on earth. But that way, it's meant to create incredible divisions. And because it's based mainly on, on Marxist uh, fantasy, it can't be satisfied anyway. It's a system based on hate with targets. And those who, who are taught to hate are told who their targets are. That's not going to end up peacefully. But the people at the very top of the world are backing them right now. Backing them financially. Which tells you. And I know that even an Irish sentinel that they're talking about what should really have to be done. If, if these characters are overthrowing a system that you're in and not for the greater good, put it that way, then really it's treason. It's insurrection. It's, um, it's tyranny. And any real system, it would have to be dealt with and then put on trial for what they're doing and what they're going to do, <laughs> what they're talking about doing to everybody and dealt with and charged. But the problem, of course, is the fact that the structural system in which we live, the whole structure, is theirs in the first place with its police and everything to do with forces. When you hear force, like a, a military force or police force, th- these are the instruments which they will use. And unfortunately, the forces tend to always go along with whoever rules them. Even when a country is invaded, the police immediately go to work the next day for the new master. You know, it doesn't stop. And that's the unfortunate part of it. And uh, police and everything today is completely politicized with different uh, people being um, the, the, the focus of police attention, especially in the States right now and across Europe too, where other groups are left completely alone because they've got, they've got an elevated status because of any, some minority position or something like that. It's, there's nothing fair about the system today. It's been completely destroyed. In, in regards to fairness and logic. But yeah, folk who are deliberately f- paying to have the countries overthrown to bring in the, the new system on behalf of those who already rule it at the top and have done it quietly for a long, long time behind the scenes. Um, for, and you, you're all going to have to suffer because of it, because they've decided to change their world, which they believe they own, without your permission to do so. Like, you have no rights at all. I mean, it's up to you if you want to accept that or not. But these people who are funding massive <laughs> overthrows of, of a system that belongs supposedly to everybody, hmm? okay, it's a farce, we know that. But suppose they belong to everybody. You're all paying for it. And they're changing it for their agenda at the top, using all instruments at the bottom for, them, for themselves, and funding groups that are radically <laughs> uh, burning down parts of cities and so on. Funding them. 
As I said before, under the terrorist law, anti-terrorism law, if you accept money from ter- terrorist organizations, you know, it's the same if giving money to terrorist organizations, you are classed as a terrorist. Well, what happens to all these CEOs and corporations here? You either have the laws or you don't have the laws. You can't select it. It can be selectively enforced. But this is the new system you need to be brought into with all these things in play at the time. The WEF, the World Economic Forum, has already stated, along with the Club of Rome and others too, that work for the big, big global structure. They've already said that all the sustainability rules that they couldn't get the public to accept, you know, for like depopulation and post-consumerism and, and a serviced economy, all this, all this kind of stuff that I talked about years ago. If they couldn't get it done that way, they can get it done by using under the cover of COVID. And they could only allow the companies that would go along with sustainability to reopen. The ones who, who they, they, they deemed, and they're, and they're, they're, they're pretty calm star chambers, you know, <laughs> where you don't know your accuser. Uh, they'll just decide that you're not sustainable, not essential, etc., and you can't reopen, yada, yada, yada. And you only accept this. Oh dear, folk really don't know. And this is the sad part, the, the path, see, you're managed step by step to give in and to concede, step by step by step by step. And the hope that somehow they'll miss you and it won't get as bad as you, as you suspect it might. That's how it works every time. This isn't the first time in history this kind of thing has happened. Oh. But again, I've got to keep reminding you, go to cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Buy the books and discs or donate to me. You can use PayPal, you can send cash. There's other ways to get money to me. Uh, checks and um, I think MoneyGram too, so on the go. Now, a few articles just to bolster what I'm talking about at times. But again, just the, the things that make you ponder about, as I say, like Malachi Martin and his explanation of things, is, is it really that far-fetched? Do you really think it's just that the humans are just horrible people who just go into mass slaughters and so on? Or what, what takes them over? What, what's at the top that pushes this kind of thing? Yeah. And who benefits from it? You're, you're always going to say, who benefits? Well, the ones who plan it. But what's in them? What, what, I've made some of the characters up at near the top. And really, uh, there's something, there's no doubt there's something in them. They're as cool as can be, like cucumbers, cool as can be. And they, they're not, they don't get stressed. So you, yeah, you could certainly say they're psychopaths. They're not stressed. Psychopaths can't handle stress, you understand. So they don't generally have it. They'll work off stress by, by getting into someone else's head near them, even a couple of people, and having them argue with each other. And they'll sit back and watch the, the conflict that they've started. They'll sit back and watch it. And, and that, that pleases them. They, 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 they get a release from it. That's what a psychopath does. They're perfect for that. It's an amazing gift they have, if you want to call it a gift. But the ones at the top literally can make horrible decisions, but to them it's all practical. They don't feel it, you know. Now, here's an example right here. I've mentioned the Yale study that's ongoing on ways to convince the public. I might put up again the link to that one. 
they're getting paid by your tax money to convince you to go along with it. And they'll, they'll shame you and nudge you and get folk to turn against you and all the rest of it to make you comply and conform, right? Now here's, here's one of these characters, these bioethicists, this, this fairly recent, you know, term. I remember when they first launched them back in the early 2000s. And you heard bioethics, bioethics, and professors would put out little bits and quips and, I mean, we're bioethicists, just, we know what's best for humanity. You know? All you have to do is convince the public to, to just go along with it, you see. Later, better is to cite for it. See, you haven't been trained to be a good psychopath. It's not easy to train you because you, it's a gift that you're born with being a psychopath. No conscience required. This is this guy who's, a, who's one of them, right? Morality pills. Morality pills may be the U.S. best shot at ending the coronavirus pandemic, according to one ethicist. There you are. Morality pill. And it says, um, Parker Crutchfield, or it does not work for, consult, own shares in, or receive funding from any company or organization that would benefit from this article, and has disclosed no relevant affiliations beyond their academic appointment. Right? So, is he there as a resume to get employed? Who knows? <laughs> but I don't believe him anyway. COVID-19 is a collective risk. Oh, yeah. It threatens everyone. And we all must cooperate to lower the chance that the coronavirus harms any one individual. So, it comes down to anyone, anyone getting harmed, right? Anyone. Right? That's an excuse that you've already heard from, from Fauci. If anybody gets harmed, you see, this is the, when you use the same terms used, this guy's in on it, right? And it's a collective. It says, it threatens everyone. Now, they started at the very beginning even, uh, that, oh, don't worry, it's only that the, the, the immunocompromised and, and, and the elderly that they get sick and may die from it. Remember that? Remember that one? Don't worry about it. That's what they said, eh? In fact, Fauci said that they didn't think the U.S. had much to worry about at all back in January and February. Remember that one as well? But then again, so if you're diabetic or if you're obese, high blood pressure, etc., comorbidities, then you might get a problem. See, that's what they said. But most folk, you see, won't even know they've had it. But this guy re-changes re, re his reality again. It threatens everyone. How does it threaten everyone when a tiny minority get sick and, and, and an even tinier minority get, die with it? Hmm? And so he brings it down to if it, if it harms any one individual. So his whole stance on changing the whole system, right? And, and you better just comply with, with your betters. Is it just one person could get harmed, right? That would be the first in history, even for a common cold. That kills some folk every year, too, who've got comorbidities or, or some simple flu. Among other things, that means keeping safe social distances and wearing masks, even though the CDC in May put it up on their own website, right, that the masks don't do any good at all against COVID. Right? So even though... The so-called top, top, top experts say it's no use to you. Guys like this are trying to, to for the greater good, want you all wear masks, even though it's causing harm, right? And the social distancing, as I say, came out of a computer model, 
Nothing to do with reality. In fact, all countries have different distances you have to keep apart. (laughs) So he goes on to say, but many people choose not to do these things, making spread of an infection more likely. Hmm. When someone chooses not to follow public health guidelines around the coronavirus, they're defecting from the public good. So you're bad. You're bad, you see? It's the moral equivalent of the tragedy of the commons. If everyone shares the same pasture for their individual flocks, some people are going to graze their animals longer or let them eat more than their fair share, ruining the commons in the process. Selfish and self-defeating behavior undermines the pursuit of something from which everyone can benefit. Really? So here's, here's persuasion from a, a bioethicist at work, see? Hmm. I should also add to him, because he also hasn't studied history, that the commons were taken from them by the lords, bit by bit by bit. If you look at the levellers in Britain, for instance, you know, and and the diggers, that when the diggers tried to keep their commons and start using it again, because they've been getting pushed off the common grazing pasture, and it wasn't just grazing, it was for vegetables, for them. that's all they had, most of them. And, um, I mean, vegetarianism was nothing new for the common people. That's all they could get. <laughs> and Walter Raleigh and, and these newly knighted people who were pirates, really, um, were the last ones that took the land off the diggers, the sent and the troops. But when, when he was given the land, Walter Raleigh was granted the land as a, maybe he was a sir, you know, by the queen. Yeah, it's a different thing. Anyway, I'm getting, get waylaid here from this article. So you're all guilty. See, it's your own fault because you want something and it's a selfish behavior. Democratically enacted enforceable rules. Where's the democratically enacted enforceable rules? Democratically enacted? Mandating things like mask wearing and social distancing might work if defectors could be coerced into adhering to them. But not all states have opted to pass them or to enforce the rules that are in place. This guy's got all the makings of a real tyrant, you know. Ooh. He hasn't given you one bit of evidence to see why any of this works. Even though some countries ignored it all, and they're fine. And they haven't destroyed their economies in the process. So it says, my research in bioethics focuses on questions like how to induce those who are non-cooperative to get on board with doing what's best for the public good. To me, it seems the problem of coronavirus defectors could be solved by moral enhancement, like receiving a vaccine to beef up your immune system. That's a moral enhancement. People could take a substance to boost their cooperative pro-social behavior. Could a psychoactive pill be a solution to the pandemic? There you go. It's a far-out proposal that's bound to be controversial. No kidding. It gives you links to all this stuff. But once I believe it, it's worth at least it's worth considering, given the importance of social cooperation in the struggle to get COVID-19 under control. Hmm. So public good games show scale of the problem. He goes on and on and on. Yeah. You just won't cooperate, you see. You just won't cooperate. You won't do what you're told by guys like experts, you know. A morality pill might be the answer to it. You're not complying. Oh, we'll force you to take this pill here. Go right to your brain, and before you know it, you'll 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 sign on to anything, right? 
There you go. That's his answer. That's democratic, isn't it? They're out there, aren't they, these characters? They really are. They really are out there, aren't they? Mm-mm-mm. Quite something.